You're now rocking with your Uncle Luke podcast, where you can get it straight from your uncle himself, rock and uncut. Today we got a special guest, former NBA player, Craig Hodges. So yeah, so let's uh let's hop on into it. Uh like I say, uh I wanna I wanna thank you for coming on the uh podcast. You know, uh, it, it's it's more than an honor. Uh I remember meeting you years and years ago. Uh I remember this this brother with the dashiki on. Uh, and 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 we sat down and uh i don't know if you remember we sat down and had a nice little powwow and i just you know i i, I just i've always been a fan number one of your basketball play but i've been more of a fan of of the things that you've done for the community and and the things that you stood for and the things that you stand for today and yes, so I'm, I'm just honored to be able to have you come on here and just and, and we just sit in chop it up talk yeah. about all different types of things yes sir i appreciate you brother and thank god for this opportunity man and hope all is well with everybody that's watching and listening yeah i, I mean we are in a pandemic and uh and we are in a movement so uh talk about the, this movement i mean you coming from the civil rights era you know like myself and and the struggles that we know that African-American communities have went through, uh, through those years to, to, to right now. What, what's your impression of everything that's going on? Well, like I just said, man, you know, for me, we seeing deliverance, man. We're at that point of, uh, you know, where the ancestral deliverance and ancestral divine inheritance is ours now. And, and that we're free, we're literally free for the first time in our existence on these shores, man. And that we can tell by just the actions of you know anglos who are now not really knowing how to how to deal with black people really on the level because they've been blindsided so much so we talk about the miseducation of the negro miseducation of white people has been even more so so now it's almost uh you know with the pandemic having everyone to be quarantined and then the murder the murders of the brothers and, and sister and you know it's just been a it's been a overwhelming energy and the energy to me is likened to when Dr. King was killed, literally, when, when we was little boys and, and seeing that energy and then seeing seeing it play out through the movement and as far as us being able, you know, I'm from Chicago Heights and the stuff that we were able to do as a as a baby uh, to watch my mom who was the secretary of the movement and to see live leadership at that time and to see the things that actually happened through people energy and to know that it's, it's, it's it was plausible then and it's even more possible now because of where we are in this tight day and time and the resources that we have with the people now. So you said your your, your mom was secretary of the movement. Which movement? Uh, it was it was an organization called SACA, Steering Organization for Coordinating Community Action. And we were the South Suburban chapter of uh, SELC, which was Dr. King's organization. So my mom was at the, at the march in, with Dr. King when he came to Chicago, as well as the march on Washington. So for me, it was one of those things that it was in my, it was in my household. My granddad and my uncles taught me the sports end of it. My mom was on the social end of it, and, and her sisters and my sister, they taught me how to read and write before I even went to school. So the edu you know, the, the perfect, it was a perfect storm for me, uh, a household that that taught me how to be a student athlete. So when I got a chance to go to Long Beach State and study, you know, under Dr. Karinga, founder of Kwanzaa, Dr. Khaled Muhammad. You know, I was, I was blessed, man, to have had mentors who taught me, 
the importance of utilizing whatever God-given talent you had to uplift your people and that you can never so like now when I'm looking at whether or not we're going to go play it's it's it's, it's funny to me so when I was, I was my son hit me to what you did the other day and he showed it to me and it was like how you know how cut and dry it is when we look at it but to see that someone when I'm listening to Stephen A. Smith and I'm seeing you talk about this thing as though there's an option it's it's, it's ludicrous to me now yeah I, I and, and let me tell you I when when even when when the whole when when the whole uh when when the the whole part of any, anything that comes out where where it becomes a conversation about the african-american man uh colin kaepernick going back i always think i always think about you you know in, in my mind in my generation you've right. been the first outspoken athlete in my generation, I know there were, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and there was Jim yeah. Brown and and uh, Muhammad Ali and all that. But it, for my era of uh, of athletes, I always looked at you as as being the the first outspoken person. So when things like this happen, things okay. like this happen and go on, I automatically think about you. And 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 I was uh, having a conversation with Dwight Howard every the other day. And the Good. same thing, uh, and you know, he saw me do a a uh, Instagram live. He jumped on, and then we had a little dialogue afterwards. And Good. I just was hearing Craig Hodges so much in his in his voice. Yeah, you know, you uh, the Craig Hodges that I grew to like when I heard that Craig Hodges stood up to Michael Jordan because he felt like Nike should have been doing more in the African American community, selling the shoes, and they're getting you know. I remember that story. Uh, can you can you can you talk about that story? You know, and that's that's. Uh, I'm glad you reached out for the white man. I, I did the same because it's. Uh, you know, we have to stand together, man. And, and and truth doesn't have to be verified at all. We just have to stand on it. And and I think the the stance that he took, and for me, you know, like you said, we we were blessed to see Muhammad Ali. We were blessed to see Jim Brown, Kurt Flood. But once again, like you say, they were our elders even at that period of time where. And then in the 90s, you know, it was one of those things that coming out of 1979 when the NCAA had the finals with Bird and Magic, it was it was great for the NBA in as far as they were coming off of a marketing downturn because it was, the league was so black to the point that many talked about the NBA meaning nothing but Africans and the New York Knickerbockers because they were all black squads. So, when Bird and Magic came out, it was a perfect thing for marketing where you had the black and white, where now you can have the good and the evil type situation. It was really one of the first times that athletes were branded. And athletes basically in the 90s took a position where we're going to be, everything is going to be fostered to making our sport better, growing our sport, growing the, growing the brand of NBA, growing the brand of National, uh, National Football League, baseball, whatever. And... Then Michael comes along and he's he's modeled as a team athlete, but they're going to market him as an individual. And that was the first time in a collective sport that that was done. And what it did was it, it took the game to a whole different level where now branding and marketing became more important than basically winning. And if you happen to win, but that's cool. But if not, you're still able to get your off-court stuff going on. 
And my position was then and is now is that most of these companies that we endorse, they don't do business with us. They definitely don't hire us. So when Michael was about to sign this deal that he has with Nike now, is probably 88, 89 or somewhere in there. I asked him about us being able to open these same manufacturing plants in America because we could get a plant in, in any city in America for a dollar. We could get the means of production from Asia and the rubber comes from Africa. <laughs> so, and you can't tell me that there's not brothers standing on the corner slinging dope that wouldn't be willing to sling your shoe. So hmm. it was a, it's a natural. And like now it's, it's one of those things I was speaking to the brother earlier before we got on about, you know, if the brothers would have been able to not go play in the NBA right now, then we would have the means to ask the sisters not to go to work in the cities on Monday. So now we have a, we have a unity of purpose in our approach that all the energy, if we stop and we think all of the energy in America is derived from black people. So if I'm sitting where I'm sitting in the city of Chicago right now in the South suburbs, if sisters didn't get on the train in the South suburbs and go to downtown Chicago, if they didn't get on the train from the West side of Chicago and go to downtown Chicago, the loop, Chicago's main hub of business and commerce for not only Chicago, but internationally, it will come to a stop. And that's all over America. So it, it doesn't surprise me that the media highlights the murder of black men, but they so readily want to get the murder of black women off the, off the page because they understand that we are considered the power of our, of our people, but they know that the rolling force, the rolling organizational force has always been the black woman in America, whether we go back to plantation times, whoever's cooking right. your food. Whoever cooking your food and feeding you, they running. <laughs> whoever, whoever, exactly. That's it. Whoever cooking the food, they they definitely they definitely running the house. <laughs> so my mom always told my nieces that, hey, look, you, you cooking the food, you you run the house. Yeah, Man, gonna come back all the time. So I found that I found that conversation to be, you know, I, I sat there and I like most people in, in America. And they looked at the last dance, and I I looked at the the program for that. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. But I sat there and I told my wife and and the family members, whoever was over, uh, you know, viewing the show. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm just going to sit here and I'm waiting for the Craig Hodges part because. Uh, <laughs> I know they just not gonna go and just have the last dance without having the Craig Hodges part because I thought that was so significant. Yeah, man. You know, uh, you know, and so when I looked at it, I said, okay, here's the uh uh Steve Kerr uh uh incident. So I'm looking at that. Okay, okay, where's Craig Hodges? So now we're gonna see the pushback of the players and you know, of you know, the the guy who you know seemed like a bully, and we now I wanna see the Craig Hodges when Craig Hodges, Hodges stepped to him and was like, okay, uh, here's the deal. And I didn't see that. And, uh, and, and for me, for me, it was like, I didn't even know it was coming out. My son told me about a week early. He's like, yeah, man, the last dance is coming out MJ. I'm like, I wonder why they call it the last dance, not knowing. And then when I saw it, I understand how Phil's always, Phil always has a mantra for every season. So I understood it after that point. But then I thought about it, I was like, man, I started to look into the background of it. Y'all filmed it over 20 years ago. Then my mind went to where we are today. We are in the midst of a pandemic. 
black people are dying at numbers untold and then we bring out our black icon to calm us down and to get us not to continue to look into what our issues are on a real level because the quarantine has allowed us to study if, if nothing else mm -hmm. and i think that's why white people have been so agitated because you haven't been able to go nowhere and you've had to stop and look at what look at this black condition that you've been so conditioned not to look at now you gotta check it out and now what i what i love about it is that it's the young white folks that's going back home asking mom and daddy man what y'all was watching this 20 years ago y'all was watching this 30 years ago you in a you in a corporate situation and your corporation are the very ones who are continuing to perpetuate this racist movement and i ain't with that so i'm gonna go all the way to the other end and i'm gonna go grunge factor <laughs> y'all really, really not gonna like who i am as an individual but me and my spirit i'm content to know that i'm working on behalf of what's right and that's the part where you know if nothing else about what's happening right now man for us as a people is that we know this that the lynching and the sacrifices that were made by our ancestors. You and I, we don't really deserve what's coming because we didn't suffer the way they suffered. But through their suffering, we're getting ready. To, we're blessed to be able to define what these next generations are going to look like. And that's the part that I was so disappointed in the brotherhood where I'm listening to Stephen A talking about us leaving money on the table. And I say, brother, at which point in time is courage and dignity and honor more important than money and that mm. you gonna say to the rank and file of black people because this media is so large that you come across you have said he said this and i quote it was like this yesterday it's like this today it's gonna be like this tomorrow it's gonna be like this 10 years from now and i say whoa man i got grandbabies i don't yeah. want my grandbabies I, i'm not gonna allow my grandbabies to come in under this now if we, me and you, we got to fight on your behalf, like always, then we're going to do that. But let you know that that media structure that you under ain't going to exist much longer in that manner because we got brothers like you and brothers like Steven um, Jackson and, and Matt Barnes. That, and that's the part of me that's saying, man, if we only see that if brothers come out of basketball, you can create a whole new media industry through mm -hmm. our own stuff. And now, what would happen to the NBAs if the brothers didn't go play? What would happen to their television rights? If they tear up the collective bargaining agreement, that would be a boom for black people. But yeah. honestly, because that would almost take us back to that point before Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. And now we're able to produce all of these industries off of our talented people. And that's the part where I say the sisters are the ones who are the real dynamic portion in this because they are being returned and restored to who they were in the original part of this thing and the white power structure they know that they know that mm -hmm. better than we know that so they put us all up oh lebron james man look <laughs> look 10 sisters that go to work on monday in 10 cities across america have more power than lebron james and all of us put together Believe me, you know it and I know it. Yes, no question, no question about it. I mean, it, it's it's um, you know, it, it's ironic that you say that. It, that that 
that's always been the driving force of the of the African American community is is the sisters, is queens. Think about this: Maya Moore quit the WNBA to stand up for our folks, and our brothers can't follow that lead. That's that's letting crazy. Us know. That's, that's crazy. letting us know. That's yeah, letting that, us that, know, that, brother. That, yeah. man, because see, like with me, okay. When, you know, I tell people that when I went to the White House and I get Bush a letter, I'm not thinking I ain't going to be able to hoop in 12 months. I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking that this thing is we grew up under, we grew up in America. We grew up in this democratic system. Those of us who are athletes have conformed more. I tell people Michael Jordan was cold, but we got brothers who are winos on the corner, sniffing cane, that's hooping harder than anybody. So we know that the best ain't always planned. It's those of us who have conformed. Now we conform, McMood and myself, we conform to our contractual obligations, but now you have a structure that says, because you have the thought that doesn't conform with the way I want you to think, you want to be independent of us, but you want to get our wealth. And I'm saying, I've always considered when I played basketball that I was going into a mine and that mine, I was bringing out the resources for my people. I never, don't ever get it twisted that I'm going to work for you and I want to Man, I'm in here because this is a God-given talent, and that's the one I happen to be blessed in. Now, when you shut the door on me, it don't mean I, I, I'm not hooping anymore. We go to the park and we get out. But we also realize the bigger issue is our manhood, not no gain. And then I'm saying with our brothers that we're negating what sisters want to do with us by not showing the courage, by not showing the fact that we are in a position for the first time in America, brother, to have white men asking us what y'all gonna do. Yeah, yeah, it's deep, it's deep, it's deep. And 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 and, and it comes from just like you said earlier, when white kids, because these times right now, what we've set up, our kids have been going to school with the white kids, white kids. It, it wasn't a, a integration type thing. They look at each other as friends, almost equals. It's more of the parents, in my opinion, that, that hold the, the grudges in the in the venom. Uh, but in rural areas of the country, they're always going to be racist and they're going to do what they, they're doing. And so we, just like you said, when you see these kids uh, protesting and, those, and the kids looking at the parents saying, this is a problem, but I look at it from the standpoint of y'all had all these opportunities to make it right. You had the opportunity to make it right uh, uh, when Craig Hodges, you had an opportunity to make it right Muhammad Ali, you had an opportunity to make it right uh, in their era right now with Colin Kaepernick. Right. And everything set up, the, I mean, all the stars just, it, it, it aligned in my opinion to be the perfect storm because you had the opportunity to make it right. So you sent out the Jay-Z's, you sent out the Oprah's, you sent out the Gales, you sent out the Stephen A's, and y'all had our time to push this false narrative that is that is, uh, that is is okay, just shut up and play. But then you had the opposition pushing and telling you, shut up and dribble when right. Andy said that. So that right there should do something to you as a black man at that point. For me, when I looked at the, the position that Kyrie Irving took, it's so powerful. And that's the position that is, and see, you know what's so cold is that right now we are in, we are in a beautiful position. And I love it because 
it's the power to define who we are and build whatever it is we want to build. And that's the beautiful part of who we are as a, as a people is that we've built everything already. So it's not nothing new for us to do. So to me, it's the challenge. It's the challenge of, man, we getting ready to build a whole new paradigm and it's going to be great for the world, not just us, because Dr. King told us this. He said, the eradication of the evil triplets of racism, militarism, and economic exploitation. If we eradicate those, we straight. And that's what is our issue. And everybody knows that if we if we settle the issues of black people in America, the issues on the face of the on the face of the earth, all of those gonna filter away, man, because we are we are the main issue because capitalism started with us. Yes, 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 yes. Hey, and you can find that in the book. <laughs> man, they, they tell you every day. They they just tell you, they tell you nonchalantly just by their advertising. We bringing in all of these black people. So it's, it's, it's so it's so clear, man. And that's what I feel like, like for real, brother. You know, we won championships. And when you're in the midst, and when you're in the midst of doing it, you know, you have a day off between the game. And that day off is so anxious sometimes because you so want to go ahead and do this and see when we were in when when detroit was kicking our ass we knew we weren't ready but we didn't know we weren't ready we knew we were ready once we got to a mental point where you know what man boys get your ass up off the ground scotty don't bitch get your ass to the free throw line knock down the throws we ain't gonna communicate with them when somebody tries to talk to them we're gonna step in between and we're gonna just stay tight once that started to happen we could feel energy a palpable energy and that's what we feeling now as a people but we ain't never been free to know what that feeling is but as, as when you win a championship now you know ah so that's where we are as a people right now it's a palpable feeling for me that we getting ready to win a championship and this championship dates back millennia and that nobody can stop it and that's the part where it's like man we lost that first game in chicago to the lakers and we was laughing in the locker room because we know ain't no way they can beat us. Right. Ain't no way. And we swept them. Same thing like when we beat Detroit and they walked off and all that. That was a that was an honor to us that we've arrived at that level of knowing how to win. Not just happening into a win, but actually knowing, okay, we have a cold triangle system that can't nobody beat because you don't know you don't know where this ball is gonna go. Then we got that black cat who's perhaps the best player to ever strap him up. We know that y'all gotta be up by at least 14 in the last two minutes, because him and Scotty gonna go get five or six steals if needed. So it's gonna be hard. And that's what we are as a people that, if you stop, man, we got every everything we need to do what we need to do, to show the creator that now we are truly independent and that we free based on that biblical that you gave us a freedom was going to come and now we're here to actually be a part of it i don't understand how a brother can say they're going to go hoop during this time and not get with our folks man exactly i i feel the same way and it's like you know it's it's not a time to play uh basketball it's it's a time it's a time to uh i mean we we have their feet to the fight and if and if you allow if you allow them if you allow them to, to get into your head to be able to say, hey, look, okay, go play basketball. So good, take take the uh, take the yeah, mind off of the actual narrative that we're controlling right now, which is 
we have been an oppressed uh, set of people and we will we'll, we'll protest for 386 days if we have to, but you need to hear us. You, you can't come back and you can't come back and apologize because you did that before. You can't come back and change the narrative. You did that before. So the, the act says, in, in my opinion, the act says, hey, look, if you want to change your ways, then we need African-American ownership in the NBA. We need two teams. We need two NFL teams. So then you talk to me right now. There you know you what I'm saying? And, and, and that's, the critical, that's the critical part to me is, like you say, that if you really want to show it's all about ownership now. It's not about giving, you know, and that was, that's the thing where I was telling people how you've allowed players to have so much movement. Yeah, you can go, you can go play with your homeboy. You can go play with your homeboy. Yeah, y'all can get together and go play. Yeah, you can go, yeah. Long as y'all don't ask for no ownership. <laughs> Once y'all start asking for ownership, ah, them, them billionaires gonna have a problem because those billionaires are part and parcel of a system that's oppressed you. So I tell people, you know, McMood and myself both were ostracized at a time when Donald Sterling owned a team, knowing he was an avowed racist. That in itself should give the NBA pause to bring us in and talk to us when you're talking about creating a new environment. The NBA is so woke. If you're so woke, bring back and give us the bread that you owe for us to be able to do what we're going to do. Man, the year that they let me go in Chicago, brother, we had, 900, we had 900 murders. I had told people that if I get a $5 million contract, I can leverage $4 million to my people and programs in Chicago that can change the, change the condition. See, we have a notion that it's going to be a billion dollars. It ain't going to be a billion dollars. We don't need all that. All we need is our energy. See, it's been a misnomer that it's money. But we create all money with our energy. That's why it's called currency. Currency. It's the mm -hmm. current energy that's coming from us that go out and mine wealth for these wealthy white folks who live in gated communities and then look at us and say, man, what's wrong with your family? Look, dude, you done killed our daddy. You done put uncle in the jail. So now it ain't nobody to be at the crib with the young man to raise him. So don't look at me like it's a pathological problem with black folk. No, it's a, it's a, a systemic racist problem that goes back to the fact that you understand your time is up and that that 6,000 year period is up now. Now we're free. And the only thing that's keeping you at bay is people like Stephen A. People like all of us who feel like just because God gave me a talent. But see, we didn't ever realize that in the 60s, your talent was your talent. Your talent was our talent. And that you weren't leaving out of the hood thinking that you weren't coming back to the hood. And that's the problem with us now is that we are so American-minded that we are free. But you free to operate within their parameters, man. Think about trying to be free for real, Bill Cosby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You ain't, yeah. free. you ain't free to operate based on what you're capable of doing. You free to operate within the parameters that we set as long as you don't get out of hand. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Craig Hodges, former member of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, so let's, let's talk about this. In 1992, you guys win the championship. You go to the White House. You dressed up in a dashiki. Got your dashiki on. Uh, and you hand President Bush a handwritten letter. What was in that letter for young people who didn't know, uh, 
who don't even know that story, which I thought would have, would have, would have been the most powerful message in the last dance, what was actually yeah. left out because that was the beginning of a, a whole nother movement for generations to come. What was in the le- in, the, in 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 the letter, and yeah. why do you think that part was left out of that docu series? Well, for me, you know, once again, I, like I told you, man, um, I grew up as a baby of the movement, and we wrote letters when I was in elementary school to our politicians, to our council people, all of that, and I did that throughout my life, man. And and the night before we went to the uh, White House, I was playing ping pong with one of my homeboys. And it hit me, it's like, man, you got to write this. And then I told him, he's like, brother, you sure you want to write a letter to the president? And I'm like, man, that's what we, I got to do it. And, and at that point in time, it was all about, you know, those who are disenfranchised. And, and you know, the message from, to, from me to him was that, you know, based on the condition of poor people, people who had been disenfranchised, and especially African-Americans, can you consider our issues the same way you can consider foreign policy? And many people thought that I wrote a letter talking about the war and none of that. It wasn't any of that. It was about, you know, the condition of our people for over 400 years. And if anybody is due some type of aid, shouldn't it be those who help build this country? And, you know, that was a part that, and once again, we, we weren't in the social media generation. So immediately I was on, I was maybe in the media for two days. You know what I'm saying? And that was just because it was the, you got the picture of the day that it happened and then the next day and then it's on to the next news story. So it was one of those things for me, it was the most important letter I've ever written in my life. And I'll make sure I send you a copy so you can post it if you like. So that that way, because, you know, if you look at the letter, man, it's apropos for today, man. And I'll make sure you get one. It's eight, it's eight uh, pages long. And right now I've been blessed that, you know, I did it into a book. I did, part of my book is about it. But it's, it's cool that a group out of uh, Britain have optioned my book to do a documentary and a movie. So it's, um, and I've been in touch with Chuck D about doing some of the music for it and that kind of thing, man. So it's been a blessing, man, how even though MJ kind of, you know, they, they interviewed 106 people, brother. And I'm like, man, I was in the backcourt with you when you hit the shot against Cleveland. I'm in the backcourt with you when, when we lose game six. I got 19 points, you got 18, so don't nobody ever outscore you. Come on, brother. It's, I'm I'm with you, but at the same time, I understand the game for what it is. It's a game, and I also understand the bigger parts of the game from political end that many of our athletes take an apolitical posture. But believe me, everybody that ain't saying nothing in public, they talking about it in the locker room. They talking about it on the plane. They talking about it on the bus. And it's a, you know, it's no different than any other any other business where you're gonna have your some people gonna talk about certain things. Some people you know to talk about. But for me, I was so happy to share uh, information, man. So we'd get on the plane, and I'll put in a fair kind tape. I'll put in some tapes, that, and it would be it would be funny to me how, you know, from the outside, people would say, "Man, Hodge, no, Phil Jackson, Johnny Bach, Tex Winter, John Paxson, the weight coach, the strength and conditioning coach, all white people." sitting there looking at the minister and they say what do people find wrong with that wow but they won't say that publicly so it's been it's been instances where i'm giving out information about what's going on in our community and what's going on from the end of our redemption and who is putting out information for our redemption so it was across the board man so for me 
if like like for instance, one of the coldest people that I took on the plane one time was uh, Jane Elliott, and her talking about the white, the, the blue and black, the brown eyes, blue. Man, and that was that was just cool to watch to see how you can have people like right now. What's going on with white America is that for the first time, some of them said, "Man, I've been privileged," and I'm, and I'm thinking that I've been treating them as equal. Man, please, now you see it and you like, oh, this man, and it's hard for them to fathom with they how how wrong they've been, especially their ancestors. Yeah, speaking speaking of. Uh... Speaking of the Farrakhan tapes, in 1996, you you filed a $40 million suit against the NBA uh, uh, in, 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 because of your association with uh, Farrakhan. You, uh, what what made you file that suit? And did you really, did you feel like you were blackballed? Oh, no question. And see, what made me file the suit was, okay, I called, I called a commissioner and I get a call back from the commissioner by a brother by the name of Horace Bomber. For anybody that's in the league during our time, they know Horace Bomber is the head of security. I'm I'm player rep for all the teams I done played for. Horace, you come when brothers miss buses, brothers miss planes, when brothers ain't on point. Come on, man. Why are you calling me back? Why are you calling me back? I called a commissioner to ask him why I'm being stonewalled at every turn. I've got three consecutive three-point championships and two world championships, and I can't get a team to bring me in for a look-see. And for those who are not basketball knowing, a look-see is all during the season. They're bringing in players to see if they could play for them, okay? I can't get a look-see after this. So I'm calling the commissioner at this point to say, yo, man, what's going on? And when Horace Bomber calls me back and say, it's not anything like you think, that's when I got a lawyer because and he says, why are you getting a lawyer? Because y'all full of lawyers. <laughs> so I need to get me one. But the cold part about the attorney that I got, I didn't realize that he was trying to represent players in the league at the time. So he wasn't doing no job on my behalf. You know what I'm saying? So the whole thing, when I when I seen all of this come out now with with the, um, the thing with Donald Sterling, I said, man, this might be a good time for me to revisit the issue because I never got my day in court. It was it was it was straight up, you know, and I'm I'm just still a basketball player. I'm put this in my lawyer's hands and then I'm like, oh, okay, man, I see what the play is. So let's continue to go forward. And that's the beautiful part, man, that when something happens over there, the creator always opens something for you. And for me, it was to be with my two oldest sons, that they were teenagers at the time. So now I went from hooping against Isaiah to hooping against my sons and I'm putting it on their head. Let them know every day I come to your gym to work out with you for high school. Don't take it personal. And when we go to the crib, we can we can patch up your wounds. But I'm going to get you right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I I I can imagine uh I can imagine those those battles up in in the gym with them young boys because these young boys think they know everything. Oh uh, no question, man. <laughs> Big fun. Big yeah. Fun. So 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 you you file the lawsuit and. You claim that they uh, blackball. You get you get the you get these uh, calls, and to me, that's no different than what happened with Colin Kaepernick. Absolutely. It's no different. I mean, because again, you got led by, you know, uh, our resident Tom, uh, Mr. Stephen A. Uh, create a narrative that this he, he was given opportunities. He was given all these opportunities. 
uh, obviously back then, it wasn't nobody brave enough to get on TV. Right. And, and, it, and it's funny, like Stephen A was the first person I asked to help me write my book. Really? I, yeah, I was shooting coach with the Lakers, and I'm walking through the tunnel after after I come off the court with the guys working out before the game. Hey, brother Hodge, hey, hey man, I appreciate your work. Hey, brother, I'm thinking about writing a book. You think you can help me? Well, man, I ain't really got time, but I try to help find somebody. Okay, it's cool, but now I see that the creator knows what's happening, man. He puts you with who you need to be with. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's been it's been a it's been a cool situation, man. Just being able to be blessed to see through a lot of the garbage that's going on and to be able for us like like this, man. This is so important for our people, brother. This right here. I remember and you know I tell people how important our athletes and entertainers out to our community. I remember when we were with the Bulls, they were rioting down in Miami. Mm-hmm. And teams weren't able to play. But when it was time for us to come down there, people mellowed out. And that yep. was so wild to me. I was like, and then MJ and them, they was laughing at me because on the plane, you know, it was still up in the air. We were practicing two days before. Well, we don't know if we're going to be able to go down to Miami because it's been real hot down there. I told him, I said, no, nah, man, watch, watch. We got the, we got the black president. <laughs> watch these, watch our brothers and sisters do down there. Calm down, we go down there. And I say, see, when we was on the plane, I was telling the brothers, yeah, this is the real Air Force One right here. <laughs> oh, ain't no question about it. I mean, when y'all, when y'all boys came to town, it was, it was, it was like, it was like, uh, it, it, it was, it, it really calmed people down because that the world just stopped. Okay, the bulls are in town. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And everything that 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 it that it brings. Uh what you think about LeBron James activism? I appreciate it, man. And I and I hate that he had to be put in this position where he's put in today. Where he has to be the main decision maker for the league, but at the same time that comes along with the territory of, of them being able to to promote you to a place like that. Uh, I appreciate him realizing how grounded he is to be able to bring other young brothers in to the business to be able to see it from a level of inside as opposed to it being a thing where you got all of these white people and now you want to bring in people and then he had it, he had them together from ground one and that, I, I, I appreciate that man. So, you know, I, I just once again, think that you know he's been put in a position where he's almost the league himself and that whatever he says goes but once again I think the rank and file of the players have to be united in purpose man and that's what that's what this thing has to be across the board with our people right now is a unity of purpose and that purpose has to be justice and freedom man and that we gotta we gotta foster those two principles first and then we can move forward because until we until we get our justice, man, and, and know that it's coming. So one of the things to me about even going back play, hey, let's put a moratorium on plan until we, there's no murders by police or any other injustices committed for 90-day period, 120-day period. And during that same period of time, we ain't buying no Nikes, we ain't going to the beauty supply stores, but we're going to put this money into the black church to hold it and see as a treasury what we can do with it. But you know, I just love the fact that LeBron is taking a stand. I love what Kyrie has done, like you said, Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley. You know, so it's it's a lot of young brothers that that see what how blessed they are to do what they're doing. But at the same time, I think a lot of us don't realize the sacrifices that came that we can make the type of dollars that they're making today. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, his story, you know, and I've had opportunity to work with him uh, on a docuseries about, you know, uh, black men in America in my, with them in, with the backup, backdrop of my youth program, uh, Liberty City Optimist, which is our 30th anniversary. Uh, so, I mean, he's a unique brother, but just like you said, I think he's put in a, a very tough situation because, you know, uh, just no different in history when 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 you see how outspoken Kyrie is, uh, and I've had an opportunity to meet him and his dad, uh, and you see, you know, the position the white is in and the conversations that they're having right now, you know, uh, and guys saying we don't want to play and uh, LeBron is trying to be the voice of reason. And and when I hear the passion and guys like the white voice, uh, look, you know, what's the reason of playing? You know, we have bigger issues. Uh, we're past a t-shirt and past taking a knee. Adam, Adam Silver is telling us, oh, the, the remedy of it is to, is to play, to heal the nation. And and Dwight is like, no, we're, we're past that. And you're gonna put all, all of us in a hotel uh, in Orlando, all the teams together. How are we gonna go to war with other people? And then you're gonna put a wristband on us to track everywhere we go. And I'm sitting up there like, oh God, if Craig Hodges was in the room, if Craig Hodges was not, not, not you, know, you know who I wish, you know who I wish was here right now, man, to give them counsel, Kobe Bryant. Correct. Wow. Wow. I wish Kobe, I wish Kobe was here right now because I think he would have had big influence on how this thing rolled out, even to the point that he might have been that arbitrary voice in that arbitrating voice in between the league and players because he was one of the main people that was, hey, Colin did the right thing. And that was what was when I had a chance to, you know, be around him and coach him and work with him, his level of consciousness was there. Where he he would point out all, and I'm talking about not just in America, but he would be pointing out them injustices in countries that not a lot of brothers in research and to know about and to be able to say, man, check this out, Han. Look at that. I was like, hey, man, you know, it's just an extension, and he and, and it is, and he understood. So it would have been interesting to see when they would put a mic in his face, what he would have to say. And see, what was so cool about Kobe is that right now, he's still close enough to the league where his influence would have probably even been more than LeBron's right now. And he would have had that independent point of view that would have been able to take some of the hits for the players. Where I feel like MJ is in a position to do the same, but he can't because he is part of ownership. Mm -hmm. That he could be that big brother influence to be able to say, hold up on this, let me holler at the brothers, see where we at, let us come together. Now, these are the issues. Kobe would have been that sounding board, I'm sure. Right, right, so you, in, in, in it, that, that's, that's interesting. Uh, that's interesting to say, I mean, because yeah, he, he was very outspoken and he did it and it, he moved in a different way. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I think um, the, the struggle that they're having and, and they need that they're, they're, when you talk to all the different parties, it seems like they're in a, they're in a difficult place because, you know, 
they're looking at it. Most of the guys are saying Disney controlled NBA. Disney controlled NBA. Uh, Disney is ESPN. Disney is ABC. And it's more about them getting a bang for their buck because they get ready to lose so much. And so when you hear these guys talk, and then it becomes, well, who's going? Who's who's down with Disney and who's down with us? So you sometimes you hear the brothers saying, well, LeBron is down with Disney, you know, and 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 some of the other brothers, nah, 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 you know. But I think these guys really in having a conversation because I, even. Having a conversation with him, I've had the conversation with some of the some of the lady athletes, and most of the women, just like we talked about, if they had to play right now today, they wouldn't play. Exactly. They would vote not to play. And so, uh, again, you have you have the women being the driving force of it, but then we have a dysfunctional family of of men uh, trying to figure out who's selling out, basically. Yeah. And then you have this this agitator, the ultimate agitator in. Uh, and uh, Stephen A. That's not making it better because uh, if you he, he every people people already know, and that's why I was it, and I just to go back that when when I seen the the uh, protests in Atlanta and I seen the young people jumping on the statue of the CNN tower, that was so moving for me because it was like it was letting the idiot box and the people who think they control the narrative and they think they control African-Americans stand up on this and say, you don't control us. We know you're, we, we're, we know you, you're, you're not for us. You just try to create a false narrative, no different than ESPN tries to create a, create a false narrative when you fire Jamel Hill, when you yeah. fire anybody that speaks out on uh, black issues and, and nobody comes to their rescue and you think it's okay. You sit back, you, you really think you got us. But then now when something happened like this, no, you don't have us. And see, and that's the thing where, you know, I'm like you. When we research it and you look into Disney and you see, man, come on, man. <laughs> come on, it's a wicked company. So for me, it's, it, and then to be able to play that divide and conquer thing that's so old and, and dead. And, yeah. and, to, and let and let them play you. Don't allow them to play your play you like that. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he's here. Man, come on, man. It's, it's that same old thing with the. This is your block. This is my block. I'm a gang. You a gang, and we don't own no block. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. I mean, hey, you are uh, when we. But I think it's coming to the end, brother. That and see, I don't, I don't wish no bad on nobody, but. It was an incident during All-Star Weekend, right, this year. I'm born and raised here. I'm the first player to win a championship here. This is my home. I, I, I struggled with the Bulls when they won winning shit. So All-Star Weekend here, Slam Magazine comes out with their memorabilia piece. It's got MJ on the cover. It's got his Unite on the back, which is my shit I did in 89, but that's another thing. And in the middle, they got Chicago's finest basketball player. And you ain't got Hodge in your book nowhere. Wow. And I was like, then, if that's not to cut the, you know, that's not the cutter though, brother. This is the thing. Me, Ricky Pearson, my teammate from Milwaukee. Ricky go down, he get his credentials for All-Star Weekend, tickets or whatever. Oh, yeah, let me run down and get mine. I ain't got no credentials, brother. I ain't got no tickets. You feel me? 
I didn't get into you. I didn't get into United Center for 2020 All Star Weekend in my hometown. Do you feel me, man? Get out of here. That that is no. So, so now, what was wild to me is that when I seen the Slam Magazine edition, my boys in the city they go berserk because it's a lot of other brothers like Rod Higgins, Kevin Duckworth, all from the city. Y'all ain't got them in there either. So I tell Slam Magazine, yo, man, y'all, we gotta holler. So now they let me do a little article the other day based on that, but. My thing is that when you go to extremes, so when I saw them, you know, you're going to keep me out of All-Star Weekend in my hometown, okay? And then I saw Last Dance a couple months later. I'm saying, man, is this, are y'all really trying to make it so that the legacy for my grandbaby, even if I wasn't no D-Wade or D-Rose, man, I'm home fun. <laughs> you feel me? No. Them young brothers, they was watching me win championships. So, the fact that you want to try to write me out of history, I'm not going to allow it. So I've been, I've been kind of soft showing it with these cats over the years. I ain't said nothing. I've been cool, but now I'm saying, you know what? I got grandbabies who want to hoop in the game. I'm not going to allow y'all to trample my legacy on what I earned. Not what I'm saying. I'm trying to blatant. No, no. I was in the backcourt with MJ to get to the point of winning the championship. I go have surgery and then I lose my spot. How? How do wow. nobody's ever questioned how John Paxson got in the lineup? <laughs> how, how did he get in the lineup? Nobody ever questioned. And, that, and then, then the questions that I want people to start: How did how did I go from having more points than MJ in the last game against the Pistons? Then the next season, I'm not in the lineup. Wow! But I won another three-point title. Then we go on. See, I won three-point title before we won rings. So now when we win a ring, I won another three-point title, and I got two titles and a, and, a, and a world championship combined. So nobody in the game. So people, and it's like when Colin Kaepernick, they want to say, okay, well, can he play anymore? Dude, the he's in the Super Bowl, man. Y'all got characters that won't ever even get close to sniffing a playoff game that's starting games, and you want to tell me this man can't play? But I experienced the same thing. Craig Hodges can't play defense. But Steve, pa Steve Kirk could play defense. John Paxson could play defense. Come on, man. Don't, don't play them games when you know the reality is you don't like brothers to speak on behalf of their people in a knowledgeable term and able to speak to the hurt and pain of their people and people understand it. It ain't got to be. See, I ain't running and running. I ain't got to cuss you out to let you know the experience of my folks. So y'all want to try to make me this angry black man. No, I could take this heartbeat down to nothing and now speak to you because once again, y'all taught us English. Yes. <laughs> you feel me? You, let me tell you, let me tell you, I, I I understand, and that's one of the main reasons why I, want, why I wanted to have a conversation with you, uh, because I understand it. I mean, I, I live it in the music business myself uh, right. as being the outcast, being the guy that's blackballed, that was mm -hmm. never uh, invited. I mean, I just got my first uh, award two years ago, where I was honored by BT. After I so. I, 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 uh, so I I clearly <laughs> understand how it feels to be blackballed by industry because because you stand up to the what I consider as the oppressor. I'm the angry black man. I'm the I'm the mad guy after selling over 20 million records. Uh, <laughs> And, and half of them out the trunk of my car, and and and, uh, 
and, and, and looking at guys who don't know half half of the business that I know and I've accomplished more things than they, they can ever imagine. Uh, and, and, and because I, you know, I'm just outspoken for my people. So, so I, I clearly, I, I clearly understand it. And that's why I can, I can relate to a person like yourself. And, and like I say, uh, going through when I, when I, and it, and it really, really, it, it was the last dance was something for me, you know, uh, to, to, that was an opportunity for, for Mike, I, I thought to really, okay, cleanse yourself up because I, I look at the, your situation. You, I look at what you, what you meant so much to African-Americans playing on that, on that Chicago Bulls team and the things that you were standing for meant so much. And I thought that that could have, by telling your story so eloquently and that, that could have uplift so many African-American players, so many African-American people, uh, to see just to, whether, whether, how you just, just to tell that story. And so I just thought it was really, really important. And I thought that he could have, he could have took a, a, a bigger, uh, he could have took a, 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 a bigger role in that. To, to not do that, I mean, to to not put that in there was 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 very very important. Yeah, to, one to of the not do that, that was bad. That was bad, and that, that's just how I feel. I don't know how you feel, but that was bad to not have Craig Hodges' story in there. We we sat there, we, we listened to Steve Kerr's story. Okay, it was nice <laughs> and touching, but this black man walk, walk around with the dashiki on, who's telling you. Hey, look! You have this platform right now. I just thought of—I I mean, how did you feel about that? Yeah, because see, my thing is, you know, one thing I know about MJ. MJ knows diplomacy. He know—he know how to be diplomatic. And I felt at this stage in our lives, you know, we older brothers. I felt it could have been more of a unifying force. It could have been a unifying force at a time when the country needs you, as opposed to it being a thing where you throwing people under the bus, where you throwing teammates under the bus who helped you get the notoriety that you got by either setting a pick for you, having your back on the on the steal that you jumped out for, or whatever. You know, that within the context of what we did to win and, and to help in your legacy and help you build your legacy to turn and and then, you know, what what was eye opening to me about the whole thing, brother, when he said prior to it that there's gonna be a lot of people that don't like you after this. And I'm like, man, you you went into it knowing that you were going to be an antagonist as opposed to a unifier and that that's what America wants from you is to divide us even more. And that that was just to me, man, especially the way it is, Scotty. I felt like, you know, when you did when you said the whole thing about the cocaine circus, I felt like when you said the whole team was in there and that weed over here, the lines over here, the women over there. I don't think that was cool for brothers who had played with you, who may have been at home waiting on with their grandbabies, with their children, getting ready to watch this. And now they have some explaining to do about which line were you in and that kind of thing. And to tell, you know, Horace was the main instigator behind the Jordan rules, which is a lie. You know, all of that kind of thing, man, just, it was just, uh, it was sad. But at the same time, when I saw the way it panned out, I'm glad he didn't interview because I that's you know, that it was it was cool to see me in the background in the championship 
diving on the float for a loose ball, put my arm around Scotty, put my arm around Horace. I'm cool with that, right? you know, because we know that this whole thing is about MJ. And then when we stop and we really look at the career of it, man, man, we helped get him off, man. And there's been times when he could have got people off and he didn't, man. You know what I'm saying? And now you look at it and you say, damn, man. Man, when, when me or Scotty or Horace or BJ was on one of them little roads where we might have hit two or three in a row and we come off looking for it and we don't get it and you go one, now we see why. Because it was about the magnification of Michael Jordan and how much you could, man, you think about it, man, how much money that brother that made, man, you could bring some brothers in on that. But it's cool, man. It's let, me, cool. let me ask you, would you have did anything different if you had to do it all over again? No, nah, brother. Man, what we sit right now, brother, you know, it's just like you. You know, it, <laughs> I asked you the question. <laughs> you know, it, it may be some things that, you know, some nuance, you know, maybe I might go over there for a party or something. I might do, but as far as going to the White House, no, nah, that, those, some things are like, and then my son, my son went to, uh, went to the rally down in San Diego about two weeks ago. And he hits me, he's like, man, dad, you know what? Now I see why you like you are, man. He's like, if you was marching at eight and I'm marching at 35 and I'm getting the feeling that you got, I know why you like, hey, man. I said, yeah, you felt something bigger than yourself. I got that feeling when I was a little boy. So it's always been something bigger than me. It ain't never been about Hodge. It ain't never been about how much bread I'm getting ready to make. No, we having fun hooping. Let's keep hooping. We having fun on this study. Man, when I got to Long Beach State, it seemed like the more I studied about black people, the better my game became. So why am I quit studying about us? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when I look at all of this, when I look at how Stephen A. Smith can say we leave the money on white people's table, and I'm saying, brother, but we built the table. You built the table. <laughs> we can't build another table the only thing that the only thing that these sports franchise provides us is a place to play nothing else, nothing if, else. If, if, if craig hodges was in the room with them young fellas and, and the conversation came up and said okay what 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 do the nba need to do for us to play what would that be first of all like like for instance you said um you talked about Colin Kaepernick and how the NFL did him some justice a little bit or whatever. See, the NBA Players Association has a big a big role in this thing. So when I was blackballed, my union didn't support me. I'm still hot with my union to this day, all right? When I was blackballed, my union tells me I need to find an agent that a team owes a favor so they'll know that I'm not a bad guy. My question was, what did I do bad? I ain't never been fined. I ain't never missed a bus. I've been player rep for all the teams I played for. What did I do was bad? I'm a three-time I'm a three-time three-point title winner and a two-time world champion, and nobody can use my services. So, knowing that this thing is racist to the core, 30, 30 billionaires, you don't become a billionaire in America without being a racist. Let's get this critical. Let's get this. Let's stop that right now. So in order to start over, you have to, okay. Two things can't stay in the same place. So what we gotta do, we gotta demolish that, right? So we gotta, 
demolish the foundation of it. Now, to me, everybody making over 100 million that wants to be an owner should have some ownership where they play it. Now, within that context, let's bring in sisters. Sisters should have some say within how this money is going to be divvied up. We got a sister, Michelle Roberts, that's the head of the Player Association. Never talked to her. Haven't talked to her yet, but we'd love to. But the union still owes me money because they colluded with the NBA not to have me in the league, as well as Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. So before y'all start any conversations about racism, y'all need to holler at the brothers who have felt it. Mm -hmm. So now, y'all, it's cool. It's cool. Y'all got 150, 60, 70, 80 million, and you scared to stand on black? You scared. And you got 50 million in the bank. Likewise, we don't realize that when this collective bargaining agreement is torn up, Stephen A, the wealth. If Once again, we spoke about it earlier, brother. If brothers and sisters in America stop working for a month, two weeks, the educational system changes, the economic system changes, overnight, overnight. But we've been tap dancing. We've been tap dancing. We've been tap dancing. Because we have to tap dance because we got to get our bread. But see, the creator got something for America. All right? That's why a dust storm is coming the same way the slave ships travel. That's why hurricanes, H-E-R, not H-U-R, hurricanes are named after our sisters. Because wow. that's what's coming back right now. It's the return of the ancient ones. They know. They know who. They know. That's why LeBron is in the position that he's in. They know that it's a young brother that's going to be torn in between this thing. Come with an elder with him. Bring, bring John Carlos with him. Bring John Carlos. John Carlos should speak on behalf of us during this period of time because he's the grandfather of protestation within our sports movement. He should be the one that, and now, if what he says, should go. If he says y'all go play, if he says some of y'all don't go play, then okay. But it should come from him. And that's what we don't do enough is that we speak out of turn because it's an African concept that before I speak, I ask my elder, can I speak? And that's where we got to bring this thing back together because the NBA is, and I told people, the National Basketball Association has to open America up. If the yeah. National Basketball Association don't open up, America can't open because you got to have sport in America. If you don't have sport in America, you have a problem because people will concentrate on their condition and they don't want that. So once again, show you how important sport is, ask Richard Nixon. It was ping pong diplomacy that went to China. <laughs> okay? Yeah. It was Dennis Rodman that opened up Trump and Kim Jong-un. Sports has its interest in this thing. Now, we have never had this much power ever, ever as a group of athletes mm -hmm. what would happen if baseball basketball football soccer all of those african-american athletes as well as those who are conscious from other races say we with y'all now the structure of all sports changes where now it becomes a if it's going to be a co if it's going to be a partnership it's not going to be co-equal if we are the more majority of the players then ownership shouldn't have 51%. It should not be that type of thing. It shouldn't be 51%. And I tell people, they know the power that we possess, man, and it's just us. And it's so funny to me because I know we're going to get the victory either way. They can go hoop or they can stay at home. 
we know what's coming, brother. It's storming here in Chicago right now. You feel me? And I know what's happening. And I told him in my letter. That was one of the things I told him in the letter. We don't, we don't bring weapons. We don't manufacture weapons. We don't manu We don't have any land to to farm and harvest poppies to create opium, heroin, and the like. So all of that is distributed within my community. And then you find those who will distribute it for you to the demise of us. Them days is over. Them days is over. If you if you notice right now, whether we want to believe it or not, the young folks ain't having it for another five years, Stephen A. It ain't no. gonna happen for another five years. And see, what's so heavy about this thing down in Orlando, down there where y'all at? You see how the COVID is going up over the roof now, right? Yeah. God don't like ugly. God don't like ugly. What's gonna happen when five or six players get it? How much, how much is it? Look at this, look at this question. LeBron James, I got this question for you. Is the NBA willing to sacrifice your life? That is, that is the question. That is, that is, that is the $365,000 question. What is the, what is the line? What is the line that says it's got to be shut out? How many people have to get sick or how many people have to die? Which one is it? Which one is it? Because it's all about money. We said it's all about money. So we got to get this money even if so many of y'all die. Is that what it is? Or what is it? Because already, already, you've seen how many people have tested already going down there. Y'all know it's, man, come on, man. It's a joke. It's, it's, brother, it's so clear. It's so clear. Stevie Seal. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And for people to even push the narrative that these guys should be going out there playing, it's too, it, it, and that's what we talked about it early on. The perfect storm. The perfect storm is, and it's all, and I always, I, I always say it's biblical. The perfect storm is to, is to have us sitting in the house. We're in a pandemic. There's no sports. You have to focus on the issues. You now have to, you, you, you're educating your kids. Your kids are not being educated by somebody else. Now you're, you're able to be there for your children, to be able to teach them the rights and the wrongs of, of, of just even the educational part of it. And then now we're talking about, okay, you have George Floyd. And now we get to talk about racial injustice in this country that have never been talked about before. It, it's like the perfect storm. And so with everything shut down, now we have a, we're in a situation where do we go back and play? And it becomes, who, who are you with? You know, and you see it constantly on, on social media where African-Americans and white Americans and Hispanics, they've already called out the, the Stephen A's, they've called out the Oprah's, they've called out the Gales, they've called out the Steve Harvey's, they've called them all out because they had an opportunity to do you know, the right thing. You know wild for me, man. world right now. Yeah, you know what's wild for me is when I think about, you know, we when we shorties and we hear things, we hear like 400 years of slavery and then y'all gonna be free. We was free August 1st, 2019. So now that's a different barrier that ain't never been crossed. Then I think about Gil Scott Heron saying the revolution will not be televised. And you think about when he said that, you had major TV networks and all of that, which were programming. We offered a major TV network. So based upon that, it won't be televised. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and that is happening and it's not being televised because they media talking about some other garbage that ain't even relevant 
to what's going on on the street vibrational level that's real to people. So this thing is so cool for me, getting ready to be 60 tomorrow, brother. At midnight tonight, I turn 60, so. That's what, hey, that's what I was gonna, that's what I was gonna, that was gonna be my last question. <laughs> how you, how's Craig, how is the great Craig Hodges gonna celebrate his birthday? I got some orange juice, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I got some orange juice and some cigars, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm cool. I, I love it. Hey, man, I want I want to thank you. I want to thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for coming oh, on. Uh, and we definitely got to stay in touch, man, because. Oh, man, it's all, man. It's, it's connected now, brother. It's all, yeah, man. And, exactly. and make sure, man, get the white a call because I was supposed to go down there, but some stuff got mixed up but we still together man let that brother know he ain't by himself man okay i appreciate it thank you i will ladies and gentlemen craig hodges world Peace. champion two time three time uh, uh three-point champion my brother thank you rest in peace to george floyd elijah mcclain and brianna taylor and all the other lives taken way too young special thanks to our guest craig hodges and as for you, thank you for tuning in to your Uncle Luke and the Squad, and catch us next time. Many blessings.